0: الحمد لله وكفى وصلى على عباده الذين صفا ما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولله على الناس حج البيت من استطاع إليه سبيلا سبحان ربيك رب العزة عما يصفون وصلى الله على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. So in the last gathering, I uh, we had briefly discussed about the love of the people have for the Haramein. And we spoke a little bit about the sanctity of that space and the desire that um you can say uh, people that live there and have lived there over time have for that place. And we talked about how in this day and age, it's very important that we all develop a connection and a deep connection with uh, that sacred with the sacred spaces. So I, I thought we would sort of continue along those same lines just to remind ourselves of uh, the journey itself that people historically have made to visit the Haramein and the sacrifices that people had to make historically in order to visit the Haramein. And it's important in this day and age because um, if we look at today, if a person wants to go for Umrah or for Hajj, um, for the most part, the, the main hindrance is maybe finances. That's usually the main hindrance. There's additional reasons why people may not be able to go, but that tends to be the main hindrance. Um, but apart from that, the path has been made relatively easy. You know, in fact, if a person decides to go, they can essentially be uh, there door to door and within 24 hours right the journey takes now you know you could be door to door from your own house to the door of the Kaaba essentially in a matter of about 24 hours and that's unthinkable and unfathomable in our history right it was you couldn't even live you know 50 miles away or let's say 100 miles away before historically and be able to go door to door in that much time And yet, Allah Ta'ala has created the paths to the Haramain um, so firmly now for us that we can reach there within 24 hours. Um, But uh, in fact, you know, uh, my teacher would say that uh, it used to be yesterday the um, roads were weak, but the travelers were strong to the Haramain. Yesterday the roads were weak, but the travelers were strong. Uh, Today, um, the travelers are weak and the roads are strong. Today, the travelers are weak and the roads are strong, right? So just to give a little bit of insight, you know, okay, so historically what would happen if a person made an intention that they wanted to go for Hajj or for Umrah, what would be their, their typical journey, right? So if you were coming, for instance, from Asia or Africa or one of these or a country or along the coast, etc., you would essentially take a ship if you wanted to go to Makkah Mukarram, or Medina the way was by ship. Now, these ships were, would take weeks and sometimes months in order to get to, to get to the port city of Jeddah, which is present-day Jeddah. This was the landing spot, essentially, especially on the west coast. That, that would be the way you would get to Mecca, for instance. Now, what, what was remarkable, and, and this isn't something that was, you know, we're not talking about, um, you know, three, four, five hundred years ago. Even if you just go back 60 or 70 years, this was the predominant way by which people will get to the Haram. They would take ships from port cities in their, uh, you know, in their own continent or wherever they may be, and then they would take a ship for two to three months in order to get to the port city of Jeddah. Now, that ship, the journey by ship was extremely difficult. Extremely difficult. You, know, you can imagine that you're going on a ship there are thousands of people with you on that same ship that are trying to make the same journey, right? Um, just to give you an example, like a lot of ships would go, let's say, from India to Jeddah. And there would be thousands and thousands of people packed onto the ship. It would be oftentimes in peak heat, right? Peak heat, so it would be the, the extreme heat of the sun beating down on the ship, and you're surrounded by water, and then the reflection adds even more heat. Right. If anyone if anyone's gone onto open waters, even like Lake Huron or Lake Michigan or Lake Erie, and it's uh, you know it's a very it's a sunny day and it's like 85 degrees, it's extremely uncomfortable. Unless there's a breeze, it's extremely uncomfortable. Now imagine that heat is now above 100 degrees. Now you're crammed with hundreds of thousands of people. There's 20, 30 people within one little area, one room assigned to each group of people, and now you're having to bunk up, you know, and you're doing this for weeks and weeks at a time. Now, these ships were such that there would be people that would develop illness and disease. You know, my dad once uh, took, um, his first Hajj was by ship. And he mentioned that, you know, people would become sick and ill and then they would die in route to Jeddah, right? And what they would have to do essentially was they would take the bodies, they would do the Janaza Salah on the ship, and they would, you know, let the, the body into the water because that was the protocol. Right, So it was remarkable, these two to three months were disease plagued, extreme heat, people would die, you were in extremely tight quarters, whatever food was on the ship, this isn't Royal Caribbean cruise liner we're talking about, these are literally, you're bunked up on top of each other, you have standing room only in certain spaces, but this was the, this was the desire that people had to visit the Haramain. they were willing to take on this difficulty. Okay? Now, sometimes what would happen is if a storm would come, and again, I'm not talking four or five hundred years ago. We're talking within the last century. You can go back 50, 60, 70 years. If a storm would come, they would then have to anchor the ship in that location and they would wait for several days, sometimes a week or even two weeks for the storm to clear in order for the ship to then move. And so during that time, you're literally just waiting on the water in the middle of nowhere, hoping that the storm actually passes and the high tide passes and you're able to survive. And eventually that ship will then proceed on its way toward Jeddah, right? So two, three months on a ship, at least a few weeks, you'd be on on that ship. Now, what would happen is that those ships, when they would enter into Jeddah, they weren't allowed to just dock on to the port, uh, dock into the harbor, and then be able to just exit and then you would just, you know, quickly make your way to, to Mecca. You know, how do you, now, t- now, two to three months is the average journey to Jeddah. For us today, if you can easily book a flight and get in that place in an air-conditioned you know, uh, plane with you know, two or three meals of your choice, uh, you know, a car dropping you off to the airport. From there, a quick check-in and you get on a plane and you land in Jeddah in no a matter of 15, 20 hours, you're there from your own house. Right, And now, once you arrive in Jeddah, what happens today? You go through your quick immigration process. Maybe you arrive in Medina. You quickly go through immigration. Maybe it's an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, Hajj time. It's difficulty, we think. And then what happens? You go ahead and pass and you get on your air-conditioned bus or, you know, now the high-speed rail and you get to Mecca in a matter of an hour, right? Well, what happened back then is when the ship would, land, would arrive in Jeddah, they weren't allowed to dock onto the port. You had to remain on the ship staring at the coastline for three days at least, three days. And what would happen is that the author- the local authorities would then come and make sure, the reason they did this was because if there was a particular disease or some virus or something that was spreading amongst the, the ship, they didn't want that to then enter into the-, to the city or into the country. So what they would do, you can almost think about it as a three-day quarantine. I guess in... It's a lot easier to understand now, right? They had a three-day quarantine process where the hajis or the people coming for Umrah would be looking at the coast. They could see it, but they weren't able to board. And they had to quarantine on the water watching for three hours or for three days. SubhanAllah. Our total travel time is 24 hours. Their quarantine on arrival, just before arrival was longer than our total travel time. In fact, a person can go do Umrah and come back home in that 72-hour period. They would have to quarantine at the port of Jeddah for that long. Now, and again, imagine the heat, you know, the food that you're having is just basic rice, grains, flour. Now what would happen is that once they would then arrive into Jeddah, uh, you didn't have this easy access to get to Mecca. What would happen is that the locals of Jeddah, they would basically have these uh, camels for hire. That if you wanted to get to Makkah Mukarramah, you'd, you'd have to hire a camel. Uh, and at that time, it was very expensive to hire a camel. The prices were high. Uh, and so what you would do is that, what some people would have to do is they would basically rent or hire a camel. They would put their, 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 um, their luggage onto the camel and let that luggage, you know, and they'd walk next to the camel to Makkah Mukarramah. Now the journey to Mecca, Mukarramah, you know, now it takes about an hour, comfortable, air-conditioned bus, you know, maybe you have an air-conditioned uh, luxury vehicle or a taxi or an Uber. It would take sometimes a few days on foot, two or three days on foot to get from Jeddah to Mecca. Now, to get that, that journey to Jeddah to Mecca, now there's many rest stops, you're thirsty, you want nice cold water, you want juice, you want to stop by for lunch. Back then, there was none of this. Whatever food you had, in fact, there wasn't, they, they said and Again, this is seven, to eight years ago. There wasn't even a place to get water between Jeddah to Mecca. So what you would have to do essentially is that you, whatever water you could take with you from Jeddah, that was the water that would take you all the way to Mecca. You couldn't get anything. There was no oasis on the way. There was no water stop or anything like that. So you would have to take your water and food, whatever you needed with you. And then that would be the three-day journey. Not a straight shot to Mecca. And if anyone's been to the area, you know the terrain is very harsh. We're talking about temperatures of around 110, 115 degrees. And the heat, uh, intense heat with no water and on top of, going up and down the mountains. These are desert mountains, rock, like solid rock, up and down, up and down, up and down with a camel carrying your load until you finally reach Makkah, Mukarramah. Now this was the norm, the norm 70, 80, 90 years ago. And subhanAllah, how the path to... Uh, the Haramain has changed so quickly and so easily. You know, what would happen sometimes is if it were to rain and you were going from Jeddah to Mecca and it rained, there some sometimes torrential storms would come really suddenly into the desert. But what would happen is that there was no path for the water to go and ponds would form in random areas that you would have to remain in your spot for several days until the water dried up and then you'd be able to make your way essentially to Mecca, Mukarram. Now what's amazing is people did this. Right? People did this because they had such a deep desire and love to visit the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was the sacrifice they were willing to make. These are the difficult journeys they had to make just but a few years ago. You could say the age of our grandparents or great-grandparents because they wanted to visit the haramayn. And today, it's a matter of, you know, basically just booking a ticket, applying for a visa. Very simple, relatively, which is very easy, relatively simple process uh, and, uh, and yet we think, you know, a hundred times over about should we make that journey or not. When people of the past used to have, it used to be far more difficult for them to go. Far more difficult for them to go. So we should, you know, think about this, um, you know, really deeply. That, again, going back to the statement of, of my teacher, which is that, uh, that it, yesterday the, the roads were, were weak, but the travelers were firm. Uh, today, the travelers are weak and the roads are firm. They're different. You know, sometimes we think that, um, you know... If only we lived at the time of the Prophet, how how things it would have been so much easier for easier for us. Or sometimes we even think, you know, there's so many fitnas present in today in 2021. Look at the fitnas around and look at how much difficulty there is and how much suffering there is and look at how much opportunity for sin there is and look what the internet's doing and look what television's doing and look what media is doing and it's disrupting, you know, the, our lives and the lives of our youth and our children. And we have all these complaints thinking if you know a hundred years ago things were so much better, right? Yes, it's true that the fitnas were less hundred years ago, right? But the opportunity that Allah Ta'ala has given us to look for sanctuary and find sanctuary is far easier now than it was before. We mentioned last week that the cities of Mecca and Medina and the Haramain these are protected by Allah Ta'ala. In fact, the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith that the Jal cannot enter these two cities that the Dajjal cannot enter to these two cities they are lined with angels who are the soldiers essentially protecting from the Dajjal entering this space so this is these sacred spaces where the Prophet sallallahu is while he's passed away he's alive in his grave today and we have the opportunity to visit the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam today and that opportunity is a matter of a little bit of effort for 24 hours how easy the road to visit him has become, how easy the road to visit Allah Ta'ala, the home of Allah Ta'ala has become, that yes, while we can complain that we live in such a difficult time, the opportunity to seek sanctuary and find sanctuary is far easier now than it's ever been in history, period. It's far easier now. You know, if we had to take today a ship for two to three months and then have to stay three days in quarantine at a port and then have to trek from from Jeddah to Mecca three days on 115 degree heat on a camel, we probably wouldn't be able to make that journey. We probably wouldn't have the effort and energy. I mean, we're just not strong like the Muslims of the past. But Allah Ta'ala is so merciful that yes, He placed us to live and be in 2021 where there's immense fitna all around us. And the trials and tribulations of today have never existed even going back, you know, going back as far back in history as you can imagine. But the road to sanctity and uh, the road to sanctuary Allah Ta'ala has made so easy and there's no better sanctuary in today's day and age for ourselves and for our children, for our faith, for our iman, uh, than the Haramain. Now, just you know, moving along, just, just to explain, you know, then there was the journey that people would have to make to go from Mecca to Medina. You know, now, if someone wants to travel between those two cities, it's a three to four, four hour car ride. There's now a high speed rail that'll take you there in two hours and 20 minutes. Two hours and 20 minutes, air conditioned, right? Like extreme ultimate luxury. You can go in a luxurious car, you can take a plane and get there in 40 minutes, right? That, it was a very easy journey. You know, but obviously the Hijrah was a difficult journey for the Prophet Imagine the journey he had to make. But even before the advent of cars and things like that, just a hundred years ago, it would take on average two to three weeks in the desert heat, on desert terrain, to travel between Makkah Mukarrama and Medina Munawwara. Two weeks! Two weeks! We can make our entire journey of Hajj in the time, home, to Hajj and Arafah and Mina and Muzdalifah and Medina and back home in less than two weeks. Just the journey a hundred years ago from Makkah to Medina would could take about two weeks. Two weeks in desert heat, walking either, either riding on a camel that was you know two weeks time, three weeks if you were for instance walking. Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah, he you know and, and just the love that these people had. Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah, when he went for Hajj, his travel his journey from Makkah to Medina said about sixteen days. And every single day, his love for that, for that uh, the sacrifices that he made and the effort that he put forth, during those 16 days, every single day, he finished one khatm al-Qur'an. That was the journey that he had made. Um, so this is how Allah Ta'ala has made it so easy for us to even visit the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam today. If the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam were alive today, we, as we mentioned last week, would we not go and visit him today? Especially if it was just a matter of a few hundred dollars and a few days of vacation from our lives, wouldn't we go and visit the Prophet ﷺ if he we were alive today? And yet the Prophet ﷺ himself said that whoever visits me after I pass away is as if they had visited me while, while I was alive. You know, there was, um, just, to, just to highlight, you know, the, 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 the sacrifices that people would make out of their desire to visit Baytullah, the house of Allah, uh, Malik ibn Dinar. He was a tabi'i. You know, he has a connection. He is a tabi'i who had met Abdullah bin Abbas uh, He was had a connection with Hassan al Basri, uh, also the very famous tabi'i. So he he mentions once there's a, there's a story where um, it, he had walked out of his house, and it was like when the sun was out in the extreme desert heat of you know the uh, the Middle East, 100, 105, 110 degrees easily. And uh, when he had walked out, he had seen this person who basically was disabled and handicapped. And he was walking uh, toward, you can say, he was walking toward the haram, um, and he was walking on his two hands. He didn't have legs. So, you know, you can almost say he was pushing himself around on his two hands, you know, making his way toward the haram. And, and, and it's unclear how long the distance was, several miles, several hundred miles. We don't, we, I don't know exactly. But he was walking in the heat of his sun, this young man. So uh, he was going for hajj. And uh, Malik Ibn Dinar Dina, rahimahullah, uh, Dina, rahimahullah He asked this person Like, what are you doing? He said, I'm making my way to Hajj So he said, look, it's extreme, there's extreme heat right now And his his clothes were just drenched in sweat from the heat So he said, it's extreme heat right now You shouldn't be out here right now Why don't you come into my house And wait until it cools down a bit And then you can continue your journey on uh, And he said, no, I, I'm, you know uh, he, he, he said, um, Um, that I'd I'd rather just continue on with my journey. So he said, okay, don't worry. He said, you know... uh, Oh, no, no, sorry, I'm sorry. This is what he said. He had said to Malik Nidar, he said, uh, you know, I'm afraid that if I pause and take a break right now, then I won't be able to make it for the days of Hajj. I'm afraid that I'll be too late, that I'll miss the days of Hajj. So he said, wow. And then he said, you know... uh, Okay, don't worry about that. Why don't you come inside, stay with me for a little bit. I'll arrange a ride for you, you know, a camel or a horse or whatever. It'll take you to, the, to, to Baytullah. You don't have to worry about it. So he said to Malik Nidinar, he said, um, you know, I thought you were a wise man. He said, what do you mean? He said, and, and he gives an analogy. He said, you know, if uh, the analogy that I can give is, if there's a criminal who, is, uh, who has wronged, you know, a person and is now seeking the forgiveness or the salvation from that person or from the king, for instance, um, would, it look better for, would it look better to the king if that person came you know, on a ride in a matter of a few hours or whatever? Would it look better if that person literally came crawling to the doorstep asking for forgi- forgiveness? Right? This is what he asked. So Malik Nidan said, certainly, you know, it, looked, it, it looked like there was a lot more sincerity if he came crawling to the doorstep. So he said, I'm going because I have wronged my Allah. And I am hoping for the mercy and forgiveness of Allah, and my hope is that if I come crawling on my two hands without any assistance, then perchance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept me and forgive me of my sins and my mistakes. Right? This was this was his intention. It comes in narration that much later, now the days of Hajj had come and Arafah had passed, and uh, there was um, they had arrived at at, uh, at Minna, and after pelting the stones, people were now beginning to sacrifice their animals because this was the next phase of hajj. And there's a big crowd gathered around the person. So Malik ibn comes to that place and he finds that there's a huge crowd and they're listening and to the dua of a, of a person. So he comes close and close and close and he sees that same exact person. And he's, not, he's in ihram and he's making dua just to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just so deeply that ev- the whole crowd forms around this person and they're now essentially making dua with him. And his, basically, then he made dua that, Ya Allah, I, uh, all these people are now going to sacrifice the life of an animal for you. Ya Allah, I'm sacrificing my own life. And at that moment, the person had passed away and Allah Ta'ala took his life away. Right? Uh, this is just, you know, one, um, one example of the, of the difficulty and the sacrifices that the people would make. So, uh, you know, I don't want to prolong the discussion too much, but, um, you know, the, 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 there's truth to the statement um, that uh, the roads uh, to the Haramain are, are are now strong and the travelers are weak. It used to be that the roads were very weak and the opportunity to go there and get there were, were were very weak, but the people were very strong. And when they had an intention to go, they made whatever sacrifices they had to make in order to visit Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala's home and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, just two final points then, uh, and the first is that you know if the, if this was if these were the struggles that people made. You know, to visit the, the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You know, uh, we really need to look deeply into our own lives Be it for Hajj or for Umrah or whatever it may be um, You know, what what struggles do we have? I mean, if Allah ta'ala has opened the doors for humanity to visit More than they've ever been able to visit before You know, what excuses have we made for ourselves, right? Yeah, of course, there's genuine excuses, not everyone can go But it's just something to think about That people that have a deep love for the haramain in the past Historically would get there one way or another um, and so we should, we should ask ourselves You know as well what, uh, what, what things are blocking us And for those of us That have either gone already Or intend to go uh, We should remind ourselves Of how difficult the journey used to be And how easy Allah Ta'ala Has made it for us today We should fall into sajda Whenever an opportunity arises Because Allah Ta'ala Is taking us Bringing us back So quickly and so easily You know this notion of going to the haram more than once in a person's lifetime, this is a 21st century, 20th century concept. Historically, people would make their one trip to the haram in their entire life, and all of their effort and energy and sacrifice would be made. You know, they would literally leave their homes thinking, I may never come back, right? And now subhanAllah, people can go, you know, more than once in their lifetime. Some people can go once every few years, once every year, you know. It's just incredible. It's just incredible. So we should be so grateful to Allah Ta'ala that he's opened up these opportunities. And certainly, you know, for, uh, you know, in today's day and age, especially with the haram that was closed for like a year or so, you know, there was this real possibility that these doors were going to be closed. And Allah Ta'ala, you know, yet again out of his mercy has made the path uh, to his home so easy. So for, for, so the second group really should think about the struggles and the sacrifices and whenever we make a journey to the haram, we should think how difficult it was for the people of the past we should be very mindful about any complaints that we have about the journey itself we should be very particular about you know, ho- we should hold our tongues for, with any, for any criticism and we should just be immensely grateful that Allah Ta'ala has made it so easy for us when we weak servants who are so disconnected from him and his messenger Wasallam and living in a time in which we are so disconnected from him and his messenger has him he's actually made this type of journey which was supposed to be which is a journey that you know is for the the sabiqun the people that really spent their lives serving Allah should have the opportunity to go you know spent their lives sacrificing and yet these are you know nowadays it's it's us sinners that have opportunities to visit people that are spending our lives sinning and we're going there with our sins you know subhanallah Allah ta'ala has allowed you know these sorts of opportunities for, for everyone today, so may Allah subhanahu wa taala forgive us for our mistakes and our sins uh, and our disrespect of the haramain that we've ever shown. May Allah subhanahu wa taala allow, us, allow a deep love to be built within our hearts. May Allah subhanahu wa taala make the way to the haramain easy for us and, and create a desire within our hearts to go and open up the doors for 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 all of us. Wa aakhiratamana Alhamdulillah rabbil alamin.